Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Everybody and welcome to another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show. This is episode 364 and it's a bonus show, one we hadn't really planned to bring you, but we had so much material this week that we thought we'd bring you a little bit extra. So we brought you one of our extra podcasts and now an extra extra with another main show. Now this episode, to kind of paraphrase a well-known football cliché, it's going to be an episode of two halves. Part one is going to be looking at Vancouver Whitecaps. Part two, the Canadian Premier League Championship game. So we're going to start things off in this first part with some Whitecaps chat. Now it's been a, a quiet week in Whitecaps land again, as is to be expected. The season is over. We're recording this episode on Halloween, October 31st. And today was the last day of the Whitecaps postseason training camp. Goodbyes were said, farewells were bid to the players that were still hanging around. But wait, we've got some interesting audio from today to bring you. Now, some people were kind of wondering what the the point of having this post-season training camp was. Was it to evaluate some players? Well, not really. It was more a case of just keeping his core group together that is signed and maybe working on, on some things and just keeping them sharp ahead of what is a very, very long off-season. And for the Canadian national team players, in particular, it was keeping them sharp ahead of the second game that's coming up against the US and Florida on November 15th. So at training on Thursday, there was a few of us that, that got a chance to, to speak to Mark after that last training session. I'm going to bring you a question now from Sam Rowan from 86 Forever, who, who just asked Mark just what he had hoped to get out of this three-week postseason training camp. Mark, you've alluded a lot to the importance of continuity going into next year, and I know you spoke about the importance of these training sessions postseason. Have they gone how you would have liked them to, and you think it's been a good, productive step for 2020? Um, no, no. The, the the training sessions after the season was much more to keep the guys fit and keep okay. going because. Uh, there's a culture in North America of, uh, I don't know if it comes, some players, are, their development is four months because they played college and they just know a four-month season. Then USL, NASL, MLS are short seasons. The, 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 
if you look at the international level, there's no pre-seasons of three months. It's absolutely ridiculous. You know, I, it's a challenge MLS needs to, to think about. To have a pre-season of three months is, is incredible. It's too much. And uh, even us now, we're, we're, we're finishing our last day today. Uh, and tomorrow is November 1st. And from tomorrow to the preseason, it's two months and a half. At the high level, a player, if he gets one month, he's very, very lucky. Players that play Champions League and play for their national team normally get three to four weeks. Uh, we're going to have two months and a half. Players doing what? You know, following a gym program? That's not good. That's not good for, for, for the sport in Canada and the United States. Uh, and that's why we tried throughout these sessions to at least keep them playing and being in a soccer environment as long as we could. And then there could be a strike at the end of that as well. I don't know, guys. I'm really not. I'm really. I didn't hear about any of that. If not, Nathan didn't didn't tell me anything. I don't know. So MDS there, and we're going to have a little bit more from MDS later in the show talking about CPL. And tune in on Sunday as well, because I, I got a chance at training on Thursday to sit down with Mark DeSantos afterwards. We sat down for an hour, we had a really good chat. At least part one of that is going to be in the next episode, episode 365 of the AFT and Soccer Show. Haven't decided yet if I'm going to bring you the whole chat in one episode or whether we're going to kind of space it out over the next two episodes. But definitely tune in for part one. A lot of interesting things were talked about. We looked back at the season, what he's maybe learned about himself, looking ahead as to what additions he's going to make, obviously without naming players' names, but kind of where he's looking position-wise and just how easy it is to use some of the mechanisms in MLS to to get players or, or how difficult it is, and a lot more besides. So some very interesting chat had with Mark, so tune in to the next episode of Two and you'll hear what he had to tell us. But the the players that were there by the end of the training camp were getting fewer and fewer every day. We're kind of making a joke like that. Every day we turned up, there's a a couple of players less. Freddie Montero wrapped up his camp at the end of week two. He went back to Colombia. Some of the players, like Ali Adnan and and Bom Huang, didn't make it back from their international break. They were given a little bit of extra time off. But one player that was back and just kind of eager to, to get into it was Jake Norwinski. Sign a new deal. He's definitely going to be a staple of the Whitecaps' defence. We'd speculated, would Jake be a guy that they might use to dangle as trade bait with him being an American domestic player? With Scott Sutter not being brought back, it looks like Jake is the guy that they want as the right back. He's going to be here for a couple of years. He's got his contract extension. He's just got engaged. He's going to be travelling to Ireland, actually, with his fiance. His fiance's from Ireland, so he's going to be doing that at the end of this training camp as well, so he's looking forward to that. And it's great to see Jake back, he, he feels he's got a point to prove, and he talked a little bit about that and a few other things after that last training session on Thursday. Here's what Jake had to say. Alright Jake, last one of the uh, the season here for us, and uh, we haven't had a chance to talk to you, I haven't anyway, since um, your option got picked up, so just emotions after knowing that you'll be sticking around for another season. Yeah, I'm happy. Um... I have some unfinished business here, you know. Uh, this year was tough, last year was tough, and I think we're building in the right way. we got a few key pieces that we're missing, and hopefully, you know, we get that figured out. 
you know, we got a good core group of guys, and uh, the coaches want to win, we want to win. So next year we're going we're gonna to be fired up to go. Individually and as a team, where do you think you guys can uh, get better? And obviously you got your first goal for the club, so a little bit of area improvement there, but where do you think you could be doing better? Yeah, I can get a few more goals, I think, next year, probably. More than one, right? Uh, <laughs> no, you know, I, um, I want to be able to help out in the attack a little more than I did this year. You know, I only had, I didn't have any assists this year, and I think I could do better in that you know, aspect. Um, I think as a whole, we need to be better defensively. We gave up a bunch of goals. You know, that's not just, you know, the back four. I think that's a, a team as a collective. And, um, yeah, I think we're just missing a few pieces. You know, maybe it's up top. Maybe it's another, you know, playmaker to go alongside with Jordi and Imbaum, you know, to complete that midfield to um, really make us dangerous. What does the offseason look like for Jake? You said you were going to take some time to, to go away with the fiancé, but uh, obviously yes. you, probably, you probably keep a keen eye on yourself physically and mentally getting ready for the next season. Oh, yeah. I love the offseason, you know. <laughs> I know our strength coach is making sure I don't get too big because I love to be in the gym. So I'm not really going to take a break in that respect. Um, yeah, I'm going to go home, probably rest a few weeks, then just get ready for the season, really, start working out again. You look at the season, and it's so strange in that you look, just look at the goals against, and it doesn't look good. Yeah. But you look at the performances and some of the best performers in the team, and they're all on the defensive side. Is that just weird? Yeah, you know, I, I think... Most of our, you know, our defenders had a good year. You know, you had Daniil, who I thought was very solid for us. Eric's a great player, and you know, we know Ali has the skill set that's unmatched by really any left back in the league. And I think it's just a collective thing. You know, I don't think it's individual breakdowns. I think it's us as a team, as a whole, being able to stay focused for 90 plus minutes. You've talked about your own sort of attacking and productive output this year. Yeah. Was there kind of a feeling, though, that you, the defence maybe wasn't getting the help it needed so you couldn't get forward enough? Yeah, I think in some games we we kind of trapped ourselves with, you know, just kind of hunkering down in defence in our 18. I think we got stuck defending in our final third for a majority of games for long periods of time. And that kind of, you know, it tires any team out, really, if you're chasing the ball the whole time. So I think we need to establish, you know, a better playing style where we keep the ball more where we're you know where we're more calm on the ball we're more aggressive going forward because you can't have a team that just defends for maybe if it's 60 minutes at some points you know it's it's hard to do it's hard to keep a team off a score sheet if you're doing that Jake did you get a chance to watch the MLS semifinals obviously Seattle and and uh, gosh who beat who beat uh, Toronto Seattle and Toronto yeah you forgot the them toast. already <laughs> Yeah, who cares, right? Yeah. Um, two of the worst teams for us to make it on. Yeah. Beating two of the better teams in the league this season that most people would have pipped to go all the way to the finals. Do you have any predictions for the finals? And you know, how do you look at those Listen, teams? if I was a betting man, I would lose all my money. There's no way I'd bet those teams to make it to the finals. They went into the two hardest places, you know, to play, really, as away teams. And they came out with wins. And I think it's, you know, it's, it's cool for the league that it's, you know, the last three out of the four, that's those two teams. Um, I think... I, I don't even know who I, I don't really care because I, I want them to tie. Can they tie? Like, and like no one wins? No one lifts the cup? Is that fine? But <laughs> I think it's going to be tough for Toronto to go and do it again in a you know another crazy atmosphere. Jake, Max Crepeau, he kept the team in a lot of games this year. How much does he meant to the team? Yeah, he was, he was huge this year. I think you know he was our most valuable player, and we gave him that award, and it's rightfully so. He deserves it. Um, you know, you can't. You, we hope that we don't have to rely on a goalie like that, and I think he doesn't want to be relied on like that as well. Um, he knows that he he's a big deal to this team, but I think going forward, um, we want to make it a little bit easier on him. 
have you seen the best of Max Grippo? Do you think he can take it to another level next year? You work with him every day in training. You know the guy really well. Yeah, he's a, he's a great professional. You know, he comes out here. He's, I think he's pissed off right now that we j he just lost a small-sided game. And I don't think he's <laughs> over it yet. So I think that just kind of shows you his character and his will and his drive. Um, you know, this is his first year in MLS. So I think he's still got a lot more to go. He's still learning. And he's going to build off of this. Thanks, Jake. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Jake Nowinski there. Feels he's got a point to prove when he comes back. Wants to work a little bit more on the attacking side. That was something Mark DeSantos did say in an interview. If he could have combined Scott Sutter and Jake Nerwinski into a kind of composite player, he would have his ideal right back. For for Mark, Sutter attacked so well, but there was maybe some things lacking on the defensive side. For Jake, his defensive part of his game was solid but he needed to get a little bit more out of his attacking side. And for a defender, that's not a bad thing. You want to be defence first. But the way that Mark wants to play and he wants to have these attacking wing-backs, Jake does maybe need to add a little bit more to his game next season. And as I asked him there, I do feel that part of him not doing that was because they had so much defending to do. And I think with a better midfield coming in, Midfielders that's maybe got some better defensive responsibilities. I think we will see a much better and a more attacking Jake Nowinski in 2020. And I, for one, am looking forward to seeing that. But that is the Whitecaps post-season training camp wrapped up now, as we said. Still going to be a busy time coming up, though, in Whitecaps land. Everyone is awaiting the announcement of the new technical director. We're not sure when that's coming. I don't think it's going to be next week. Might be the week after, they still have to sort some things out. Everyone is eagerly waiting to see who it's going to be and what direction that maybe is going to take the club forward as well. Then you've got some of the MLS mechanisms coming up that come up every post-season. Just a little bit earlier this year because the MLS Cup is going to be on November 10th. That horror show that we didn't want, Seattle against Toronto. We'll talk a little bit more about that in the next episode. But the MLS off-season calendar is an interesting one. November 11th to 13th is a, a two-and-a-half-day trade window. So the, the trade window opens. MDS has talked about his desire to get a little bit more MLS experience in the squad. And that is something that I talked to him about when we had our sit-down chat. So listen to what he says for that when we bring you the next episode. So it opens at 1pm Eastern Time. 10am Pacific time on November 11th, closing on the 13th. There's been a 10-week roster freeze. MLS clubs may sign and trade players within the league in that window, and you do feel that the Whitecaps are going to be busy. What are they going to give up? Are they going to have to give something up? Is it going to be allocation money? Is it going to be a player or two? Could it even be their draft pick? We'll soon find out. Now, November the 13th is when the trade window closes. Closes at 8pm Eastern Time, so 5pm Pacific. After that, MLS clubs may no longer sign or trade players until the conclusion of the 2019 expansion draft. November 14th is when clubs have a deadline to submit bona fide offers to players. So that could be when we find out if Daniel Henry is definitely coming back to the Whitecaps or not. November 19th is the MLS expansion draft. That will not really affect the Whitecaps in terms of losing a player, 
because they got a player selected last year by FC Cincinnati. So they will not be losing a player this year round. Who knows though? Could they maybe do a deal with Inter Miami or Nashville? Whereas they maybe select a player that the Whitecaps want and then do a deal for them for who knows what. November 21st is a club deadline to exercise options. Then you kind of come up to some of the stuff that maybe isn't too exciting. November 25th is the end of year waivers. Same day as when free agency opens. November 26th, the MLS re-entry process begins in stage one. There's not usually a lot of action in that time because you're having to re-sign a player on the contract that they've currently got. So a lot of people wait for that and they want to renegotiate a new deal with them. December 3rd is then stage two of that where they can sign players and then they've got time to maybe renegotiate new deals with them. So a very, very busy time still coming up in, in MLS. Mar DeSantis and his management team are going to be travelling all over as well, scouting. So there's probably going to be some player announcements within the league. Maybe some new additions come as well when they can do that. Exciting times ahead and it's going to be a busy time on the AFT and soccer show. No off-season for us. We are going to be with you every week, all season long. But that is it for the Whitecaps chat in part one of tonight's episode. We're going to be back talking CPL after this. Hi, I'm Mark Dos Santos, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back. 13 tombs there. And as this is a bonus episode of the AFTN Soccer Show, we thought we'd also bring you a bonus track from our October Artist of the Month from Methyl in Fife. The second best thing to come out of Methyl after East Fife. 13 tombs. That was Haunted Road for Halloween. Recording this episode on Halloween night. You might be able to hear some fireworks going off in the background. And we are expecting some fireworks in Calgary on Saturday afternoon in the second leg of the Canadian Premier League Championship game. Forge FC travel east from Hamilton into Calgary to take on Cavalry FC with a 1-0 lead from that first game last Saturday in Hamilton. Things got a bit chippy in that one. There were two sending offs. Only one of them really for anything chippy, which was, of course, Tristan Borges. That red card, along with the one issued to Cavalry's Joel Waterman, were both appealed by both teams. Finally, after a few days, we got word through today on Thursday that Waterman's appeal was turned down. He will be suspended and miss the second leg. But Tristan Borges, the leading scorer... In the CPL, the man tipped by many to be the league MVP. It was a ridiculous red card. It should never have been issued. Has been overturned. 
He will be fit to play in this game in Calgary on Saturday. Big, big piece back in the attacking mix now for Forge FC. And Cavalry will have to adjust their game plan for this one accordingly. But it should be an absolute cracker of a match. So we're joined now by AFTN's man in Calgary, Scott Strasser, who is looking forward to the, the second leg on Saturday, just to talk about a few things coming out the first leg and what we can maybe expect at the second leg on Saturday. So thanks for joining us, Scott. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me on the show again. Always like to do this. Must be a, a quite exciting time in the city just now, hosting the the first ever championship game, second leg. You know the trophy's gonna gonna get lifted on Saturday, no matter what. Is do you get a feeling that there's a bit of a buzz in the city, or is it a case of maybe not too many people actually know that this is happening? Maybe maybe uh, somewhere in between those two. I'd say a lot of people are aware of cavalry. In, in Calgary these days. Like, even the other day, I was listening to a pretty popular FM radio station, and, and they brought up the game in Hamilton and how it was uh, the, the second leg was going to be at Spruce Meadows on Saturday. And there are uh, articles every couple of days in, in, the, uh, in the city's two main daily newspapers and, and the occasional piece of news on, on TV stations as well. So people who consume traditional media in Calgary definitely are aware as as per as to there being like a buzz in the city I, I wouldn't say cavalry has that much of a hold at least not yet but among you know cavalry supporters and, and people who are uh, fans of the CPL there, there's definitely a lot of hype leading into this and uh, um, I think I think it will be a sellout regardless of uh, what the general population of Calgary is, is thinking so in that in that sense I think it's going to be a successful day regardless of, of how if you know how many people in Calgary uh, are aware or how many care yeah I was wondering whether it it would be a sellout or not because I know the last couple of games to round off the season wasn't the best crowds obviously the weather was not ideal either and I had a look earlier in the week. I haven't checked actually the last couple of days, and it looked like it was maybe going to be between four and six degrees on Saturday. Does it look like it's going to be a pretty good weather? Yeah, I think so. I saw um, a high of ten on the uh, the iPhone weather app. Which wow, isn't the best. Um, let me just pull that up again, though. A uh, high of eight and cloudy is what they're. Huh. That's so uh, it, it's pretty good news because it, it actually did snow here the other day and it's been pretty chilly this week, uh, but it seems like things are going to uh, warm up at least a little bit for uh, for the second leg of the final, um, which in my opinion is, is good news. It uh, bodes well for the size of the crowd and it bodes well for the, uh, the game as well. I think the players will be pleased with that. The one thing that you definitely don't want is for the, the game to get ruined by by the weather. You could argue possibly that the first leg was perhaps ruined by by some of the incidents that that took place in it. So let's have a little look back at the at the first leg and the stuff coming out of it. I guess the first thing to ask is just what did you what did you make of that that first leg watching from afar? I mean, uh, from a reporter's standpoint, it was incredibly exciting, right, because of all the controversy and and the, the two red cards and. Uh, 
the, the ultimate result, a 1-0 win for Forge, really keeps the tie wide open, and it, and it makes the second leg hard to predict because, uh, obviously, um, Forge had the advantage. You know, if they, if they get a draw in the second leg, they're the champions. If they win, or if Cavalry win even 2-1, uh, Forge are the champions. So it, uh, it makes for a less predictable game in, in the second leg, which, which I think is exciting. Uh, it was a little unfortunate to see how much of the spotlight was on the officiating in, in the first leg, and all the all the chat afterwards has been about those those two big red card decisions. And you never really want to see um, a game of this importance or magnitude be about the referee, but uh, that that is the situation that we're in. Yeah, and at the time of of recording this on on Wednesday night, there's not been any decision made yet about. Joel Waterman's red card, which Cavalry appealed, and I guess the big, big talking point was Tristan Borges' red card, which we thought Forge would appeal, they have appealed, but there's been no word about that yet, and for, for it to have reached Wednesday night and there's been no word, it's a little bit strange, I know you can't rush into this, but these teams have to prepare for Saturday's game, and I mean, with all respect to, to Joel Waterman, his is not a, a game-changing loss for Cavalry, but Tristan Borges is potentially a game-changing loss for for Forge, or if he plays, it means that Cavalry have to adopt a maybe different approach for this leg. So hopefully that gets worked out soon. But if, if Borges is missing, do, do you see that giving Cavalry a massive boost for the second game? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, I believe Borges wasn't playing um, the last time uh, Cavalry and Forge played in the regular season at Spruce Meadows, and that was a game that Cavalry won. Uh, there's no doubt he is Forge's talisman, and, and he's kind of their um, their spark plug for for generating offense. Obviously, he's the the league's top goal scorer with 13 this season, and and he has plenty of assists as well. And uh, in that first leg, I mean, until he was sent off, like he was the difference maker for Forge. Like every time he was on the ball. He's, you know, turning, he's going at his man, he's looking to make something happen. And he's been like that all season long. I mean, people are, are arguing that he's the, the CPL's MVP this season, and frankly, it's, it's pretty deserved because he's, he's been very, very good. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Cavalry, um, I asked every, everyone I interviewed at training on Monday if, if they uh, – like, how hard is Borges to defend, and, and uh, is it a different game with without him in the lineup for Forge? And the, the answer is kind of varied. They, they all agreed, though, that he is a very good player. Yeah, now, talking uh, about training at Monday, we, we ran the piece on AFTN just with some initial response after the game. Tommy and the, the guys were, were back training in, in Calgary. It, it felt, listening to the post-game chats and listening to what was said or reading what was said on Monday there is a feeling that Cavalry know that they dodged a big bullet in in that first game. Forge could easily be taking a three or four goal advantage into that if they'd got the penalty if they'd taken better chances if they had made most of having that extra man. You don't want to get too far ahead, you don't want to get too cocky but did you get the sense that the Cavalry players and Tommy alluded to this after in his post-game thing on Saturday that that was maybe their chance to, to do it. And did Cavalry feel they are now 
maybe favourites for this second game? Uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of optimism on uh, on Cavalry's part. The mood was pretty upbeat at training on Monday among the players. Um, there was still, you know, laughter and, and smiling and, and uh, uh, lots of joking between players, but I do think there was that um, that focus as well, that intensity, because they, they know what's coming. Um, and absolutely, I think uh, Cavalry were, were let off the hook a little bit because, I mean, Forge hit the crossbar three times. Forge just uh, had his penalty saved by Carducci. I think Forge outshot Cavalry 18-3. to and uh, in, in the early stages of the second half, it just seemed like another goal was going to come eventually. And uh, I think if, if that red card to Borges didn't happen, it, it would have been 2 or 3 nil uh, at the end of the 90s. So Cavalry were definitely given a lifeline, which I think, you know, they, they've been so solid at Spruce Meadows this year that they, they simply have to be optimistic because uh, I was looking over their, their numbers when they're playing at home and they played at Spruce Meadows 19 games this season, and, and they only lost twice. And uh, they only conceded 11 goals at Spruce Meadows in those 19 games while scoring 30. So uh, obviously, you know, Spruce Meadows has been kind to Cavalry, and when you factor in um, the, the state of the pitch, which is something I think other teams have struggled with, Tommy mentioned the altitude as something that Forge's players might struggle with. Yeah. Yeah, so I think they do have, um, they're definitely going to enjoy that home field advantage in the second leg. It, it was weird when I read that and like heard about that. I was like, I never think of, of Calgary being at altitude. It's, it's just never anything that really kind of, I didn't really notice it when I was there. Uh, when I went down to, for example, Salt Lake, I really did notice that your altitude and the air feels a bit different. So I thought that was a little bit weird, but the, the, the atmosphere... At Spruce Meadow, the, the game that I took in in July, I loved it. I, I hope to get back next year and, and see some more games there. It's it's such a good atmosphere. The crowd's going to be really fired up for this one. There's also, I think, a big advantage for Cavalry in that there's a number of this team that's been with Tommy for a while. They've won a PDL championship under Tommy. That experience must surely be something that they can, can use to, to maybe get them over the line in this second game. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll have to wait and see, but uh, obviously at least 12 or 13 of the uh, Cavalry players are, um, were, were on the Foothills team that won the PDL championship in, in 2018. So they've been in a situation before where it's, you know, the championship game, you have to win it, uh, and a lot of them twice, because obviously uh, Foothills had been in the PDL championship in 2016 as well and, yeah. and lost that one. Um, players like Zator... Uh, he was there. Uh, I think Pasquati as well. Nico Pasquati was there. So there's definitely that um, that experience of knowing what it's like to prepare for a final. Uh, but again, there, there's a big difference between um, the CPL and, and the PDL in terms of, I think, the size of the crowd and uh, the amount of uh, media hype that leads into it. So it, it is a little bit of a different piece. It's been such a good season for Cavalry. Tommy's talked about it a couple of times He'd love to win the treble. He's got the spring. He's got the fall. Obviously, if they didn't win the whole thing, they're going to be disappointed. But it, do you think there's going to be a feeling that it's a bit of an anticlimax if they end up having done so well and not getting this? Is it is it going to be more than disappointing? It's going to be a little bit kind of soul-destroying for them to have come this far and then ultimately they're they're leaving with nothing. 
Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think it's it's more so of a, a soul destroyer than just a, a disappointment because the the format has been known all season. There was never any surprise that yeah. the, the CPL king, the champion, is going to be the one who wins the CPL finals. And obviously, Cavalry have known for you know all the way since all the way back in June is when they kind of clinched their berth in this in this final. So. I think there would definitely be huge disappointment if if they lost. Uh, but in my eye, like the the season was such a success for Cavalry. I mean, winning the the spring and the fall, uh, those are the obvious successes. But the the run to the semis and the and the Canadian Championship, knocking out the Vancouver Whitecaps, um, and then having the first CPL player called up to the uh, Canadian men's national team. Um, and just the culture of uh, uh, of going to the games, going to cavalry games that uh, that that Bruce Meadows and Cavalry have uh, have built this year, I think you, you have to look at it as a success, regardless. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see, I think. And and um, I do think I have a feeling Cavalry will pull it out and they'll they'll win on Saturday. But uh, you know, you know, Forge is is in my opinion as equally as good as Cavalry. Um, in in many different areas of pitch, so they have you know they have a good chance too. Yeah, for for me, I think if Cavalry can take their chances, which there's been a few games down the wire where they've created so much and haven't scored, I think they'll do it. I, I spoke about this on a show on Sunday. I think they'll go out in a two 0 lead. I then think Forge may pull back that away goal, but I do fancy Cavalry to go on and and, and just win it. And I guess just before we we do finish up, I, I you've you've watched the CPL all season. You've been at a lot of games. What what have you made of the league? How much have you enjoyed it? What what have you thought of the quality of the CPL this year? I was definitely uh, pleasantly surprised with the quality. Um, I used to watch a lot of esports soccer. And, yeah. Uh, I was expecting something a leg up from from that, um, but it is way better than I expected. And uh, you can see that pretty much every team plays with tactical sophistication, and, and they're, they're not just lumping the ball forward and, and chasing after it. And you can see the, the quality of the coaching. You can see the quality of, of the individual players. Goal, some of the goals that we've seen from, from uh, the likes of you know, Manny Aparicio and uh, Rodrigo Gatas for York 9, or that individual effort from... Uh, Cadell Thomas for Forge, that, that goal that uh, kind of went viral after he, he took the ball uh, off a short corner and, and danced by three or four Valor defenders and, and put it in the net. Uh, like the, the amount of uh, quality of this league is, is a lot higher than, than I even hoped for. And um, I've been trying to get you know some of my friends who, who love soccer but only watch the, the Premier League in, in England to watch a game just so that they can see that oh okay this is you know this is entertaining it's uh, it's fast it's it's uh, skilled so I've definitely really enjoyed it um, I'm really glad Canada has this league now and uh, I just hope it's something that continues to grow and continues to succeed and uh, um, exceed expectations because obviously um, I think with the with the Canadian men's national team right now how good they they are and how good they can be. Um, if the CPL can complement that, then then that's that's perfect. And it could be a a really good weekend for Calgary teams as well, because Calgary Dinos are are right here in the 
Canada West Final Four. They just have to win one game and then they're going to be, be heading to the Nationals. So it might, might be a very good good day for, for Calgary teams. That would be excellent because uh, I, I went to the UFC for five years and, and um, they, it just seemed like the Dinos, uh, the, the first round of the Canada West playoffs was like a, it was just a curse. I mean, they were always playing Trinity Western and um, <laughs> yeah. I think a few times it went to penalties and uh, a few times Trinity Western beat them in, in regulation time, but it just seemed like they couldn't get past that hurdle. So it's good to see that they're, uh, they're in the final four this year. Yeah, I'm looking forward to calling that. It's stopping me coming out for the, the CPL Championship game, but I, I can't complain too much, I guess. Just before we go, Scott, let everyone know where they can find you online. My Twitter handle is at ScottStrosser19. Uh, I post pretty much every article I write for AFCN on Twitter, and uh, I also post photos from, from Cavalry games, because I'm usually taking photos during the game. And uh, as well, I, I sometimes post, like... Uh, uh, just quotes from from Tommy during the press conferences and things like that. So at Scott Strasser one nine, uh, Strasser is spelled S T R A S S E R. And I've just realised I've been pronouncing your name wrong all season. So there we go. <laughs> uh, that's okay. Everybody, everybody says Strasser. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, Austrian, so it's uh, Strasser. Ah, I will not make that mistake again. So thank, thanks for joining us, Scott. But it's very cold out here in the snow, marching to and from the enemy. Oh, I say it's tough, I have had enough. Can you stop the cavalry? AFTN's Scott Strasser there. Talking about all things Cavalry Forge FC. He's going to be heading along to a match on Saturday for us, so... Watch out for his post-game stuff on Saturday night into Sunday as well. He'll have some reports, some post-game reaction and some photographs from the game as well. And as we mentioned during that interview, that was recorded on Wednesday. So before the news came through that Borges is now going to be available to play in this one. Talked about it there, he's such a key player for Forge FC. Arguably the league MVP. But another man that can make a very strong case for being the league MVP, certainly make a strong case for being Cavalry's MVP this year, is goalkeeper Marco Carducci. Marco, player we know so well here at AFTN, we've watched him through the years from a 14, 15 year old in the Whitecaps residency programme, talked to him so many times over the show in the years, delighted for him that he's getting this opportunity, delighted for the season that he's had. Leads the league in clean sheets with nine. One ahead of Forge FC's Tristan Henry, who has eight. Made 23 appearances so far for Cavalry this year, registering 65 saves, which is the third highest throughout the whole of the CPL. And he has been a very key player in Cavalry's strong season. That play earned him a call-up to the senior Canadian national team. The first CPL player to earn a call-up, so that was a, a great honour for Marco as well. Really delighted for the season that he's had. I had hoped to maybe catch up with him for a chat this week. Time did not allow for that, but thankfully, Scott Strosser managed to catch up with Marco at Cavalry Training on Monday. So we're going to bring you his chat with him now. <laughs> Thank you. 
Um, I mean, first question is, is what the dressing room was like after that first leg. Uh, what was the mentality like? Uh, what was the overall mindset? Um, obviously, we're, we're, uh, we go into every game wanting to win. So you know, we're, we're disappointed in that sense for sure. But you know what? We knew that this was a, a two-legged tie. So um, all things are coming out of there um, in, in a position where it's a one-goal game and we have an opportunity to bring them back home. We, we know how good we are at home, and we're, and we're ready for Saturday. It's as simple yeah. as that. Was there relief that it was just one, considering how, uh, how much offense they generated? To, to be honest, yeah, a little bit. I think, I think I'd be lying if, it, if I said differently. Like the game obviously could have gone um, worse in a lot of ways. But, uh, again, resilience of this team. A lot of things got thrown at us. The red card, the penalty, uh, a difficult place to go and play. And, obviously, again, credit to Forge. They're a strong team. Um, we weathered that storm. And, again, it's, it's a one-goal game. We have mm -hmm. 90 minutes at home. Uh, where we've been dominant all year long and you know now we have a week to prepare for that. Mm -hmm. yeah. The penalty save was that something that you uh, were prepared for him going down the middle or? You know what I I mean I dove to my left thinking he was shooting that way so uh, you know fortunately I, I stayed up long enough I watched the ball long enough and it was close enough for me just to, to make a little adjustment with my feet and um, you know in that moment I, I thought if I can if I can make a save and, and keep the momentum at bay because uh, obviously that's a very uh, you know, the red card and the penalty could really change change the uh, momentum in the, in the match. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, I was able to, to do enough to keep it up. And uh, obviously, Borges came up with a quite a great strike a few minutes later. Uh, mm -hmm. How difficult is he to play against and yeah. defend against? Yeah, he no, he, he's he's shown all season long his qualities. I think uh, we have several players who've done the same. You know that they that they that they pose a threat, and, and someone like him, he can he can change the game with his qualities. So, um, you know, we're disappointed to concede right before halftime and. Uh, obviously, you know, if we can if we can get in a nil nil um, after what had happened, yeah, yeah that's a decent decent spot to be in as well. But um, yeah, we know it's quality. Um, there's there's moments we've already reviewed the film and we've gone through the ways that we stop that we prevent that. But uh, yeah, you know, we have our game changers and he's one for them. Considering it is one nil heading into the next leg. Um, Obviously, you're going to have to keep them from scoring because mm -hmm. they get one. All of a sudden, you need three, more or less, or mm -hmm. to win by two. Does that make things difficult, knowing that you need to focus on defense, but also know you need to score? Yeah, I mean, that's the reality of the, of the two-legged games, right? We, we know that uh, we're in a situation where if we can keep a clean sheet, then obviously that, that's ideal. Um, we've been solid all year long. Uh, obviously, um, you know, as a team, I think we've collected the most clean sheets, and... and uh, we know at home we're difficult to play against. We know that it goes both ways, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to need to score. But again, you know, when we come back home, we know it's our fortress. We know we have our fans behind our back. Uh, it's going to be difficult. Mm -hmm. It's probably going to be cold. You know, we have the altitude here, everything like that. And, you know, we'll take anyone at Spruce Meadows on any day. And yeah. I think uh, with all those things considered, if we can do it anywhere, we'll do it at home. Marco Carducci there talking to Scott Strasser about that first game in Hamilton at the weekend and what he's expecting from the second one in Calgary this Saturday. Good luck to Marco and all the Cavalry guys in Saturday's game. I'm going to make no bones about it. I want Cavalry to win this one. I feel they deserve to win this one. They've won the Spring Championship. They've won the Fall Championship. For me, it's only fitting that they win everything. All the marbles. Do the hat trick. And if they're going to do it, you feel that Marco's going to be a key player to help them get there. A lot of white cap connections, of course, on Cavalry FC. 
One of which David Edgar luck as well, though, for Forge FC, a player we always had a lot of time for here at AFTN. Spoke to him a number of times over the years as well. If Cavalry don't win it, I'll be happy for David Edgar to win it as well. We're certainly looking forward to that game on Saturday, and I know a lot of people listening to this will be as well. Sadly, unlike the first leg, which was shown on national TV on CBC, this game is only being shown live on One Soccer. I think that's a very big missed opportunity by the league to have your showcase game where the trophy is getting presented only shown on a streaming service that the vast majority of soccer fans in this country are not signed up to. A replay is going to be getting shown. It's going to be shown here in Vancouver at 11pm on Saturday night. Again, disappointing time slot, but... If people have managed to avoid the result, which is a good chance they will have, that they can at least take that in at 11 o'clock and see the game. Or if you want to watch it again, you can do that as well. And the problem is, and we've talked about this a lot in the show, and I'm not going to bang on to it again. For me, you need to grow the league, and you grow the league by getting it out there to the biggest audience you can, I know Media Pro signed a 10-year deal, gave the league some very much needed money and stability, but for the final, you have to get it out there. To grow interest in the game, in the league, it just makes no sense to me. You kind of wonder just how many games people have seen. I have won soccer, and I'll be honest, the amount of live games I've ended up watching has been quite limited. I've ended up watching the highlights on YouTube instead just because there's so much football to watch and it's trying to find the time to watch it. And that that's actually an issue that Mark DeSantos has as well, because I was asking him just how much attention he has paid to the, the CPL this season. And he has some interesting things to say about that. He, here's what MDS had to say. I wanted to just quickly ask you about the CPL championship game. Yeah. I don't know how much CPL stuff you've watched this year, if you've had a chance to do it. but I, I watched a lot the month we, we were preparing for mm-hmm. Calgary. Uh, but I then now with the recruiting, I'm not... The only thing I'm following is maybe two or three possible players that we could be interested. Um, but watching full games, I have to watch other full games right now. And uh, we, we have a scout that takes care of the USL, CPL, uh, and college mm. and we I just ask him you know if there's anything coming up that you really think needs all of my attention so he would come up sometimes and say look Mark you really should look at this guy and now I'm look now I'm now I would look at a game or that but am I involved and in watching a lot no not right now so MDS Watching some players in the CPL, you can maybe speculate which ones they might be, but I don't think he'll be watching the game live. Maybe he'll catch the highlights. And just a reminder, if you're not already one of our AFTN Extra podcast subscribers, the latest episode of that came out on Wednesday. It was a CPL Championship special, where we brought you audio from Saturday's game from both head coaches and four of the players as well, three Forge players, including Kyle Becker and Nick Ledgerwood from Cavalry FC. It's a 52-minute episode, some really good stuff in there, some interesting stuff from the guys after the game. 
Obviously, we recommend if you're not an extra subscriber, remedy that now. It costs $30 for the year. You're supporting AFTN. It's a donation to the site. And in return, we're going to give you as many of these extra podcasts that we do. We try to do at least one a month. Bring you press conferences. A lot of it is non-white caps related. It's like CPL or Canadian Men's National Team. We've had some good feedback. Folk are enjoying it and our numbers are growing all the time. So please support AFTN. Support our extra podcasts. Visit AFTN.ca and you'll find out how. It's $30 for the year, $3 a month. Help support the site and we'll give you a little bit something extra in return. But that is it for this episode of the AFTN Soccer Show. Hope you've enjoyed it. It's a little bit of a bonus one. We hadn't planned to do this, but we had so much audio that we just had to, to bring this to you and hope you've enjoyed it. We will be back on Sunday with the, the next AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM, citr.ca online. That should be at our normal time of 11 o'clock. We'll be looking at that CPL Championship game. We're talking MLS playoffs and we've got our sit-down chat with Mark DeSantos. If you can't stay up late for that one, the podcast will be out on Monday, so watch for it in all your usual podcast places. I'm Michael McCall. You can follow me on Twitter at AFTN Canada, on Instagram at AFTN Soccer, and on YouTube at AFTN Canada. Don't forget as well, if you can, to leave a nice review for us on iTunes. You can give Scott Strosser a follow on Twitter at Scott Strosser. That's S-C-O-T-T-S-T-R-A-S-S-E-R 19. Scott Strosser 19. And for our usual co-hosts, give Zach a follow at Zachary AM and Steve a follow at White Cats Beat. So until next time, thanks for listening. Take care and mourn the calves. When you're listening in some far-flung corner of the globe to the world service of a Saturday afternoon, freckly reception, interference, cosy, marvellous. Somehow comforting, isn't it? You know, legendary names, fathers and sons on the terraces, cheesy peas at half-time, pipe for dad, mum's at home making the tea. Ah, oh, everything's all right with the world, isn't it? Saturday afternoon is football. Hmm?